Okay, boys, are you ready? Yeah, yes. All right. Bedtime Story, Adventure 2018. Written and read by me to two boys. Urban fantasy-ish. When James got home, he kicked off his shoes and went straight upstairs to the bathroom. His whole arm was throbbing, and he couldn't move it without considerable pain. Without taking his coat off, he opened the bathroom cabinet and took a paracetamol. Then he went to his room for a lie down. He was exhausted, even though he'd hardly done anything during the day. He sat on the edge of his bed and flopped backwards with his right arm, the painful one, resting diagonally across his body. All he could think about was how long it would take for the paracetamol to take effect. Soon, he hoped. He used his good arm to grab his pillow and drag it under his head, and closed his eyes. There was no one else in. His parents wouldn't be back from work until after six o'clock. There wasn't any doubt, though. Jenny was right. He would have to see a doctor. This pain was definitely getting worse. A noise. A tapping noise, getting louder. James opened his eyes. It was dark in his room. He must have fallen asleep. He went to get up and turn on the light, but when he moved his head he felt a terrible pain in his neck and arm. And his arm was throbbing more than ever. The sound came again. Someone was knocking at the door. He moved his head slightly to see the clock next to his bed. It was 5.15. His parents still wouldn't be back. He swallowed. That hurt his neck, too. The knocking got louder, more urgent. Hang on, he called out. His face hurt, his right cheek. Probably just where he'd been lying on it. He tried to sit up again, this time using his core and keeping his neck rigid. Like doing a sit-up. It still hurt but he made it up. He was a little light-headed and stumbled. His bad arm bumped into his wardrobe and a jolt of pain flashed up through his neck and into his cheek. Being more careful, he flicked his bedroom light on and went out into the hall. More knocking. I'm coming, I'm coming, he shouted, causing more pain in his cheek. He felt it with his good hand and even more pain, this time moving down towards his poisoned finger. The knocking was a hammering now. He turned the hall light on at the bottom of the stairs, and the hammering stopped. At the front door, he fumbled with the latch, then got it open. Outside was Jenny, with a big stick. "'Why are you hitting my house?' he said. "'Oh no,' she said. "'Your face! You need to eat this!' She held out a soggy, wet brown paper bag. Only then did James notice she was soaked too. Come in, he said. What have I got to eat? They went up to the bathroom, where Jenny grabbed a towel and James checked his face in the mirror. The grey, or green, or perhaps blue colour, had made its way up to his right cheek. He looked a bit like a zombie. They went downstairs and sat in the kitchen. The contents of the brown paper had been put on a plate in the middle of the dining table. You're saying that I'm going to die, James said that no one has ever survived a bite from, what did you say it was called? Rask, said Jenny. The king said that eating those things would help. Oh, I'm so sorry, James. A tear ran down her cheek. Or perhaps it was rainwater from her hair. Well, I don't feel like I'm going to die. The arm feels pretty bad, though, and the neck. 
He picked up the plate. What are these things? I don't know, Jenny said, wiping her eyes with a towel. But you should eat as many as you can. Then we need to go and see the priestess. James looked closely at the shriveled grapes. They were black and shiny, and the vine they were on was strangely iridescent, like a beetle's wing case. What if these things are poisonous, James said. They might do me more harm than good. The old badger wouldn't do that, she said. He's helped us before. James did trust the old badger, really. He pulled off one of the black grapes and popped it into his mouth and bit into it. It released a deliciously sweet liquid that tasted like, well, nothing that James had ever tasted before. He chewed and swallowed it. Not bad, he said, pulling another one off and eating it. Not bad at all. Oh, this one's different, but okay. The second one wasn't sweet and delicious. In fact, it didn't taste of anything. The third one, however, was not such a pleasant experience. When it burst in his mouth, the liquid was not sweet, not delicious. It was fiery and bitter. Ugh, he said, spitting it out onto the table. This one's off. Well, the king did say they were disgusting. The liquid was burning his tongue, gums, and the inside of his cheek. He couldn't believe that something so vile could be good for you. He got up to spit it into the kitchen sink. He turned around, a mouthful of lava spit trapped by his closed lips. I think this one's working, she said. Your cheek is back to normal. Oh no, James thought. Of course it would be the fiery one that did the trick. He closed his eyes and swallowed hard. Then his whole neck was on fire. He poured a glass of cold water and gulped it down. I think I'll try the next one, he said. That was terrible. There were still nine more of the black grapes on the vine. He pulled the next one off. Or tried to. It held fast. So did the next. He tried all of them and none of them would come off the vine. Maybe you have to finish eating one before the next one can be removed, Jenny said. You're kidding, right? James said. That last one wasn't safe for humans. As much as he didn't want to finish the half-chewed, fiery blob he'd spat out on the table, part of him wanted to see if Jenny's hypothesis was right. He took a deep breath, scraped the blob up with his fingers, put it in his mouth and swallowed. It was still hot, but this time not so bad. All right. He pulled the next grape and it came off easily. You were right. I wonder what this one will taste like. Bracing himself for another heat wave, he put it in his mouth slowly and bit down carefully. The liquid inside seeped out between his teeth. It was tasteless, like the second grape. He chewed and swallowed it and looked at the eight remaining grapes on the vine. How's your arm? Jenny asked with a smile forming on her face. Any better? His arm. Without thinking, he'd gripped the table with his bad hand when he got ready for the terrible taste of the fourth grape. He let go of the table and made a fist. His hand was not hurting at all, and it had returned to its normal colour. Feels pretty good, he said. Good enough to not eat another one of those things, anyway. Sweet and then hot. I wonder what flavour the next one was. He didn't want to find out. We should go, Jenny said. I don't know how long that medicine will last. We need to see the priestess. James agreed. Before they left, he ran upstairs and pulled the squidduckin key from the side of his bed. He had a feeling it would come in handy. It was on a lanyard, which he pulled over his head and tucked the cold key under his t-shirt. It was nearly 6pm. They decided to walk, as it would be quicker than a bus in rush hour traffic.
they cut through Preston Park, under the viaduct, and were soon in the North Lane, a series of narrow roads filled with interesting shops. When they'd started out, James had felt full of energy. But now he was tired, and his hand had started aching again. He was struggling to keep up with Jenny. When they turned right, then cut through the car park where she'd seen the rats, he had to have a rest. I'm all right, he said, breathing hard. Just give me a second. I knew we should have caught the bus, Jenny said. I shouldn't have made you walk. No, this was right. It's better than being stuck in traffic or still waiting at the bus stop. While they were there, he had a quick look at the sideways S scratched into the electrical recycling container. It looked like it had been scratched recently. It wasn't as rusty as some of the other marks on the green metal. They finished the last five minutes of the walk up the hill to the churchyard. Jenny showed James where she saw, or rather heard, the rats. Then they looked at the blank brick wall. Jenny took out the badger stone to check the claw marks. They're identical, she said, holding the stone next to the three claw marks on the wall. Look, James said. The badger stone glowed faintly. That's what it did in the tunnel under the hill fort, Jenny said. There was a dull click from inside the wall. It reminded James of the magnetic door release to get into the Brighton Maker workshop. I wonder, he said. Using his good hand, he pushed the brick that had the claw mark on it. Slowly but smoothly, a part of the wall swung inward. It was a hidden door, two feet wide and about the same height as the children. Just inside was a heavy dark red curtain with a dull gold trim. The two children looked at each other. After you, James said with a smile. He held the curtain aside and let Jenny slip through to the darkness beyond. He followed straight after, pulling the wall door closed behind him. The first thing that James noticed was the smell. It was a mix of smoke, gas, sulphur, lots of things, like a chemistry lab at school. Jenny had stopped right in front of him, and he moved next to her. The space was small and dimly lit. Also, like the school lab, were three workbenches set in a U-shape around the small walk space. Sitting at the far bench, on a high stool, was a hooded figure, the priestess. "'You'd better have a good reason for disturbing me, Julian. I'm very busy,' the priestess said. Her voice was old and slightly aristocratic. Then she sniffed the air. "'Oh, dear!' "'You're not Julian,' the priestess said without turning around. "'Which means you're trespassers. "'Do you know what I do to trespassers in my church?' "'Jenny gulped. "'Boil them alive and eat them for dinner?' she said meekly. "'Exactly,' said the priestess. "'Which is good news for me, because I'm hungry, "'but perhaps not such good news for you.' "'Slowly the priestess turned around and slipped down from the stool. "'She was a badger.' Not as big as the king under the fort, but her claws looked just as sharp and dangerous, and the look on her face told James that she was ready, and perhaps a little eager, to use them. <laughs>